is Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. Listen in colour in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. The genius Dizzy Gillespie with For the Gypsies. Good morning, this is Jazz Shapers. I'm Elliot Moss. Thank you very much for joining me. Jazz Shapers is a place where you can hear the very best of the people who are shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul. And alongside them we bring someone who is shaping the world of business. And we call them business shapers. And I'm very pleased to say my business shaper today is none other than Oliver Tress. Oliver Tress is the founder of Oliver Bonus. And you probably would have been into one of his fantastic shops because there's around 60 of them now. You'll be hearing lots from Oliver about how he's built his empire and how he continues to build it. You'll also be hearing from our programme partners at Mishkondorea uh, with some words of advice for your business. And then we've got some music and it's brilliant today from the shapers of jazz, blues and soul. Abby Lincoln's in there, Christian Scott's in there and this tribute to Fats Waller is from Jason Moran and he's coming up right now. That was Jason Moran with Honeysuckle Rose. This is Jazz Shapers, and my business shaper today, I'm very pleased to say, is Oliver Tress, the founder and managing director, he's calling himself, of Oliver Bonas, which is the the store on many, many high streets around the UK, selling all sorts of stuff, furniture, clothes, jewellery, accessories, homeware, picture frames, crockery, the lot. And I bought most things, as I alluded to earlier. Oliver, it's a real pleasure to have you. Thank you very much for coming on. Thank you. It's a, an interesting thing to set up a, a shop of, I mean, it was then knickknacks, uh, you know, it's a bit more than knickknacks now. Um, how did you get into it? What made you think about doing this? Uh, yeah, well, I, I, I don't know if I quite fell into it exactly, but I was, um, I was importing on a very small scale uh, accessories, bags and, and mainly um, from the Far East. My parents were living in Hong Kong. So that was my sort of int- introduction to, to business. And initially I was just selling the product where I could to friends or through uh, charity events, uh, markets, if you like. And uh, I just eventually, after sort of two or three years, decided that um, this I, I needed to formalise the business and turn it into something that uh, gave me the possibilities that my ambition was, was, was after. Um, so I then opened an actual store in Fulham Road in 1993, uh, and then opened up another world of trade shows where I was was shown a whole variety of products from candlesticks to all, all the variety of products you describe, and 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 without any sort of formal strategy, I, I I found myself buying a whole range of products, putting them in the shop, and and ended up with this mix of product that now seems to have a name, which is a sort of lifestyle. Uh, mix of products. Horrible is, name, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is a dreadful name, almost entirely meaningless. Um, but that—that's—that's that's how it started, which was the sort of my sort of magpie style of of buying. 
um, just the things that I liked and sat alongside each other. So the the, th- the unifying thread really was just my aesthetic, I suppose. Which is um, interesting. I mean, obviously, we all have an aesthetic. Some of us uh, <coughs> have better ones than others. Obviously, yours is a good one because many, many people like it. But way back in the day when you, you, know, you studied at Durham, you did an anthropology degree, I mean, that wasn't a great platform for becoming an aesthetically driven guy who then sets up shops. No. Uh, Not, I on, mean, it's a great, on, great place, Durham, and a great university <laughs> degree, but it has nothing to do with what you do now. On the face of it, no, perhaps not. But on the other hand, I think um, I might be retrofitting to, to, for the facts as they stand now. But I think, uh, and I, let's get, be clear about this, uh, uh, and any of my friends listening can confirm, I'm not an academic person, and I, and I wasn't a, one of the world's great a- uh, anthropologists. But I did have an underlying interest in, in the ideas behind anthropology, which are the unifying sort of human behaviours. And um, although, as I said, I, I didn't actually really enjoy my degree, I still have a, an interest in the, the concept of how humans behave um, regardless of sort of geography. Um, so I, I, I'm interested in, in human behaviour and I'm interested in the, the, the ideas that humans share regardless of where they're from. And so perhaps that can be built into uh, whether or not it's exactly my business or whether it's just any business that is sort of consumer-facing. If that's not too pretentious. I don't think it's pretentious at all. I think it's an excellent explanation of why um, you are now running a business that's turning over 50 million quid. And maybe more people should think harder about... Yeah, go for anthropology. Anthropology. Business. That is That is the yeah. secret. It's the first time I've heard that here on the programme. <laughs> that's brilliant. Stay with me for much more insight and truth from Oliver Tress, my <laughs> business shaper, the founder, managing director of Oliver Bonus. Time for some more music. This is Nina Simone with Sea Line Woman. Nina Simone with the not oft heard Sea Line Woman. Actually, it's a brilliant track, isn't it? Oliver Tress is my business shaper, uh, founder, MD of Oliver Bonas, and he was talking about anthropology, human behaviour, life, the universe, and everything. But, but seriously, actually, Oliver, what you really talked about is that the I, I think your passion for the variety of where humanity goes, and that does link to what people use and what people buy and it does explain to me and I have one of in one of the the rooms in my house we have a a lovely big cupboard with a lovely butterfly kind of Mm. bronzy thing on it and it's where a bunch of stuff one of my kids goes and and it's a piece and it and it feels like someone's chosen it rather than I've just bought it off a production line where did that aesthetic come from for you because you mentioned it and I just want to was it a your mother and father into things I mean what what is it that drove that yeah, more. Well, my mother's an artist, and um, uh, she comes from a family, an artistic family. So perhaps there's an element to that. I mean, it's speculating, isn't it? But um, I was, I was also brought up. Uh, uh, we moved countries internationally. I, I didn't really live in England uh, when I was young. Um, so perhaps it was the combination of, of my mother's uh, artistic influence and the, the the nature of the countries I was living in and her sort of propensity to to look into those cultures on the artistic side that maybe just uh, informed my, my perspective. I, I, I haven't really had long enough on the therapist's couch to know the answer. We've got more time. Yeah, you can exactly. Put more, money, what, more money in the box. That's what today's all about. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, moving from your, you know, uh, indulging the artistic to... Um, 
embracing the opportunity that that importing gave you, and then to go from that to a formal place, to trade fairs, to more more shops, and acquiring these these opportunities, that takes a, a bit of a move. That commercial thing is is interesting to me. Did that come comfortably to you, or was it more of a a headache as you transition from? Well, actually, I love these things, but now I've got to make a business of it. Uh, no, I, I mean, whatever one says about my artistic uh, inheritance from my mother, it's um, really, I was also very commercially driven and very ambitious, um, which again may not have been very obvious to, to people who knew me, but I was. And, and so I was, there was no, there was no doubt in my mind that I, at one, some point I was going to, you know, actually turn this into or, or, or make a go of something. Um, and that I, I just wanted it to really be sort of manifest in some substantial way. And where's that ambition from, do you think? No idea, no idea. Really? But, and actually, I've asked myself that recently. It's like, well, why are we, why did, why do you have feel the need to sort of expand the business? And I mean, actually, there are lots of good practical reasons. But in fact, um, uh, there is this urge to keep going and to keep exploring new areas and to keep doing things better. And so I, it's, uh, I, I don't question it too deeply. But I find it interesting just looking at you, you sort of look surprised by your own ambition. It's almost <laughs> as much as you said your friends would have noticed. It almost feels like it's uh, snuck up on you and you just you are that guy, but you're not you can't really explain where it's come from. Uh, it hasn't snuck up on me. I, I've totally been aware of it. Mm. Um, but um, uh, I, I, as you say, I don't know where it's come from. But in fact, I mean, you you, you slightly implied two questions there, or I, I read two questions there, which was, how did you find the transition? The, the, the answer to your question is, I actually found the transition from, well, in fact, if I, if I make it clear, from one store to actually two stores, which is, is a different sort of uh, beast in terms of sort of management. Uh, the answer is, I found it extremely difficult, mm. mainly because I... I assumed or at least I had no idea about business and just thought it was something just quite easy to do and did, had no idea of all the intricacies so it was actually very painful the first few years were tough he's very honest this man isn't he that's Oliver Tress my business shaper and uh, founder of Oliver Bonus latest travel in a couple of minutes and um, we'll be coming back to Oliver after that and before that some words of wisdom I hope from our program partners at Mishkondre for your burgeoning business so I'm Joe Hancock, the cybersecurity lead at Mishkondorea. One of the most common problems I see people have at the moment is almost over-collecting data. There's an obsession with data and digital. That's a really good thing. It presents brilliant opportunities. But at the same time, collecting data that you don't really need or storing data that you really shouldn't store anymore prevents a massive risk. At the same time, as having that data gives you some good kind of business outcomes, having it there means there's a good a target for attackers. It means that you're much more likely to lose it. And if you don't delete it properly, you're much more likely to breach regulation. And all of this really starts to create a bit of a risk for business that isn't very well understood and isn't really well managed at the moment. Another whole set of problems that could be avoided very simply are just by doing the basics. If you use complex passwords, change your password regularly. Don't use the same password for, for multiple services, as everybody does. Even just one or two different passwords will stop you being the victim of some of the large data breaches we've seen soon. They'll protect your identity. They'll help protect your bank accounts and your finances. Just by doing very, very simple things, either as an individual or as a business, you can remove most cyber risk that's out there at the moment. Nothing can ever be 100% secure, but at the same time, you really can make your own life and your business much better by doing these things. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business.
but it's personal. You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss. Every Saturday morning, I speak to someone who's doing a really impressive thing. They're building a business and they're doing it for themselves and for the people that they get behind them uh, and the people that work for them and, and, and all of that. And it's brilliant because doing your own thing is not an easy thing to do. Oliver Tress is my business shaper today and he's been building the Oliver Bonas business for over 20 years now, if my maths is correct, which is a long time, Oliver. It's almost half your life, probably more, almost half your life, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. You obviously love what you do. You look very relaxed. Um, you look happy in your own skin. Are there ever days when you think, this isn't what I want to do anymore and I'm going to stop? Because you've got to a point now where, I don't know if you can or you can't financially, but you, you may want to do other things. Um, well, uh, there have been, you're right, it's been 20 odd years, um, but there have been plenty of time during that period when I wanted to do other things because it was very stressful and was difficult. But I always had this sense that there was something worth striving for and keeping going for. And there was, if you like, light at the end of the tunnel, which kept me going. Because, as I said, I was very driven. And and I think you really need that as, as someone who's starting their own business. If you haven't got an incredibly intense sense of, of wanting to achieve something, I think most people would fall by the wayside. Um, so now the situation, in, in, in funny way, our business really, in its current existence is only a few years old because we've started designing our own products so within the last sort of four or five years we really put all our energy into design so really we've got a team of sort of 12 16 designers in the business and that's where our where we're creating the real i suppose expression of our of our business and so in some ways business is quite young to me Mm. And it's still very exciting and there's still lots we can do. So there's no sense in which we've achieved everything we'd like to. So that still keeps me very interested. I do have other things I'd like to do, but if I can sort of somehow align them with the business, that would probably be my ideal. You mentioned the stressful days and it's obvious in building any business is not going to be a, a, a bed of roses. Apart from the inner strength, which you talk about, and the tenacity, which you, you refer to, Externally, who were who were supportive of you, and how did they support you as you went through those really tough times when you thought, "Oh, I'm not sure about this." Yeah, well, that I, that that's a question I haven't sort of thought about because perhaps I'm, I mean, I, I'm kind of introverted in that sense. I I internalise all the the stress and the problems typically, and that sounds like almost extremely ungrateful answer because I'm sure. <laughs> um, that there's a mass of people who've been incredibly supportive. And actually, I mean, the, the easy and obvious answer is, is all the people I work with. It's probably the, the exact answer. But I, I'm thinking more of the days when I really it was very small and I was, I was mm. sort of on my own. But, but latterly, um, it, it's very simple. Yeah, it's, it's the team I've worked with. And, you know, we, in fact, one of our early employees is, is just uh, come up to their 20th anniversary. So that gives you an idea of how long I've been working with some of these people. Good luck. Um, and those people... Who, who started that long ago um, had to be of a special kind of personality who could work with me because I wasn't easy to work with. So it, it's quite, in a way, it's quite easy to answer that and it's those people who I've worked with all those years. Very good. Stay with me for much more from my business shapes. That's Oliver Tress. Time for some more music. This is Abby Lincoln with Afro Blue. <laughs> of delight cocoa hue rich as the night afro <laughs> 
Abby Lincoln with Afro Blue. I'm talking to Oliver Tress today. He's my business shaper. And uh, if you weren't listening earlier, very naughty. But if you did miss, he is um, the founder and managing director of Oliver Bonus. And they are those great stores, shops, whatever you want to call them, with all sorts of brilliant things that you can find in the Pandora's box of wonderful things for your house. We're not going to use the lifestyle word because I think it's much better than that. A couple of things you mentioned before, of which I want to pick up on. You said you were difficult to work with. You don't strike me as someone who's difficult. You strike me as someone who's thoughtful. But what's the difficulty in in, in you? Uh, the difficulty. Well, I think not being experienced in managing people, and not perhaps being very clear in sort of expressing myself when I've got ideas about how I think things should be, makes it extremely hard for people to to even start. To, to know where to start in trying to, to sort of do their job, if you like. But it sounds um, like it sounds like to me you're you said you were sort of introverted in the way that you held the stress mm. and that you have great thoughts and sometimes maybe you don't articulate them to mm. other people. They're in your head. Mm. Sounds like someone would have to understand that they're in your head, that they have to ask the right questions and then listen intently. Yes, but and and I sort of used to think of it as a sort of sort of an evolutionary process, sort of Darwinian process of of you know, the, it happens that you have a relationship of trust and you build up trust and you respect, uh, you know, I suppose if I just respect their judgment, then I can relax and go, well, actually, I don't have to have all the answers mm. because I didn't have all the answers. Um, and I think people who know me now, they laugh, they joke about the fact that Ollie will change his mind. Um, and But they, they know they can absorb that and, 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 mm. and, and, and quite often make me change my mind back to my original decision without me noticing. Um, which was, there's an art in that as well. Yeah. And you mentioned one other thing, which I just want to pick up on briefly, the reinvention in your business. You talked about this latter stage where you're now designing your own stuff, and I'm sure there were two or three iterations of that. Did these thoughts of in reinvention come to you in a, in a, in a moment of, a, of an epiphany, or was it sort of without noticing you were kind of going, we're going to move into that now? Because 20 years plus is a big time to run a business. For you to turn around and say it feels a young business, I think it's fantastic. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I don't, I don't. I wouldn't say it was an epiphany exactly. I think there was always a sense of frustration that ultimately we were buying other people's designs. And yes, we were curating and that was our job, if you like. But as I said before, the ultimate expression of, of what we were trying to, what we believed in, I suppose, has to ultimately come from from a, a team that's very tight. And yes, it's not me there doing the designing. So you, again, it's just a constant dialogue. And our design team across the different product categories are all in one room. They're actually a bit cramped now. But it's better that they're in one room so they can just cross-pollinate ideas. And so to, to try and keep the, everyone on the same sort of track. But I, I kind of love the fact it's not about me at all really now. It's, 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 a, it's just a group of people. It's very much about the group. And really, the, the, they're driving the aesthetic, and I'm 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 sort of a passenger who happens to be sort of somewhere near the steering wheel. Stay with me for my uh, founder passenger. I'm sure he's a humble passenger too. I'm sure he's a bit more than that. Um, that's Oliver Tress, my business shaper today. Uh, we'll have our final chat with him, plus play a track from Christian Scott, and that's coming up after the latest traffic and travel. Jazz shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business but it's personal.
That was Christian Scott with the very interesting sounding twin, and he's an interesting artist. Um, I think he was the winner of the Innovation Award last year at the 2016 uh, Jazz FM Awards, and the 2017 awards are happening at the end of April, and we'll, you'll be hearing much more about that here on Jazz FM. Oliver Tress is my business shaper today here on Jazz Shapers, and um, if you didn't catch it earlier, he's the founder and MD of Oliver Bonas. Um, £50 million plus business, 60 stores, you sound like a happy camper, um, humble too. What's next for the business? Is it just more of the same? Uh, yeah, well, as I say, we've got ambitions in terms of what we want to achieve with the design side of things. Uh, we're not quite uh, <clears throat> where we'd like to be, but that's we should get there in the next couple of years. And then who knows? Um, we're still relatively modest-sized business based in one country, so you know, perhaps we'll go international, perhaps... Um, we, we Our e-commerce side of the business is growing very fast, and uh, that's got a small international business. So, it's as I said, you know, it still feels like a, there's an enormous amount we can do. I, I like your motto, which I believe is work hard, play hard, and be kind. Now, as you get bigger and more and more people work for you and scale becomes, you know, and there's not just scale, there's variety. There's the online business, there's the design business, there's the front end of the retail, there's the back end operations stuff that has to work. That must be harder to keep true to. Uh, yes, that's that's what everyone says, um, and I'm sure I, I'm, it may well be true. But I, I think I think perhaps we're just still at the scale where where I do believe it's it's manageable, and and I'll be faced with the realities that actually we're not delivering on that um, further down the line, and and. If you well, if you start from the place that that's what you want to achieve, and you put a lot of energy and effort into making sure that's the message that you're passing on, and and you ask yourselves, are you delivering on that? And and if people challenge you, and you discover that in fact you're falling short, um, and you you put it right, then at least I think you give yourself the best chance. So. Mm. We'll keep at it. You don't sound unduly worried about it. And, and you mentioned earlier, you, uh, over the years, you've sort of internalised the stress and, and thought about things yourself and then come to conclusions. If you were to open up for a moment and say the number one worry for you right now as you look towards the future, what, what might that be? What do you mean in general for the business? For the business. Um, oh, the number one worry. Well, I, I mean, I, 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 the whole Brexit thing did really scare me from a business point of view at one point. And perhaps Trump should scare me more. I don't know. I suppose it was more just sort of general big, those big um, calamitous sort of scenarios where our most serious sort of challenges we face in the business were in um, the end of 2008 when Lehman's went bust. And uh, our, our sales really dropped dramatically and dramatically fast. And so that really was a wake-up call that, that you can't take the general sort of climate for, for granted and things can change dramatically and, and in such a way that you know you could really find yourself that your business can't survive so so I'm quite conscious of those kind of scenarios uh, and Brexit was one of those where I thought well actually we're unleashing forces that we just don't know what's what they how they're going to play out and, and we still don't although it's been pretty benign since since the actual uh uh, result of the vote, um, it still feels like there's a lot still to come. So I do, I do have a certain level of worry about that. But actually, we've we've been fine since the vote. It's more how it all plays out over the next few years. Well, look, Oliver, really good luck. Um, you, you've done 
good things and I'm sure you will do more good things and we will see more Oliver bonuses either here or somewhere over there wherever there might be um, so thank you very much um, for joining me and sharing thoughtful things with me today which is, is also very nice to hear just before I let you go what's your song choice and why have you chosen it? Uh, my song Sabu Yokoi by Ali Farka Toure and Tumani Diabate um, it's just uh, it's got a beautiful sense of companionship between the musicians and I, it just makes me feel very calm and happy Sabu Yerkoi by Ali Farkatore and Tumani Diabete. Malian music legends, if you didn't know, that was Tumani on the African harp, otherwise known as the Kora, and Ali Farkatore no longer alive on the guitar, and one of the many collaborations they did together. And it was the song choice of my business shaper today, Oliver Tress. A really thoughtful person. I love the fact that he deeply thought about some of the answers to the questions I asked him. He was ambitious, but not overly so, just someone who really understood that he wanted to make the best of what he was doing. And honest, really honest, really sought to find the honest truth to what's been behind um, his own success and what drives him. Really, really good stuff. Do join me again, same time, same place. That's next Saturday, 9am here on Jazz FM. In the meantime, stay with us, because coming up next, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mish Condorea. It's business, but it's personal.